10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello there. Good afternoon or good morning, I guess, depending on what time zone you're in. Um, I'm Constitutional Attorney Katherine Henry, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 21 of Restore Freedom Weekly. Uh, it's, um, you have to excuse me, I, I am find my, finding myself very exhausted today and all the work that we're doing. Um, <clears throat> Emma is hanging out with Grandma for a few weeks and seeing her sisters and other grandparents and all that other fun stuff in Michigan. And we're busting our butts trying to get a whole bunch of stuff done before she gets home. So, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> anyway, um, so um, uh, please, uh, let's see. I can't even I can't show your name, Lori. Well, Lori is going to remain nameless, at least for now. Um, but Liberty Lori is uh, at the bottom of our screen. And then we have a special guest with us today, Alan Myers. Uh, for those of you who have seen some of the prior uh, shows and, and different podcasts and things that I've been on in the last few years. Um, his is one of them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I seem to recall it saying something about For the Republic. That would be the name. And conveniently located on Patriot's Soapbox. All right. And is that something that's only viewable on, is it DLive? Basically, I think that's you go to the website for the <clears throat> Patriot Soapbox, and then they have different links. I think the one that you, people usually use is DLive. All right. So, um, well, today, everyone, uh, if you've seen the preview or not, I'll remind you that today's show is all about how to follow the money. Uh, in fact, uh, taking some words of wisdom right off of somebody else's webpage, when your cries for transparency fall on deaf ears, deliver a message they cannot ignore. Who's the they? Well, it's lo mostly local governments we're talking about today. Follow the money to unearth political corruption. So today we're going to have a talk with a forensic CPA, our friend here, Alan Myers, about reviewing the incoming and outgoing funds for local government, like your city or township boards, village board, perhaps school boards even. How to follow the money, how to follow the government money without being a financial expert. So uh, it's, it's something that, well, we're all interested in money, right? We'd all love to have more of it, I'm sure. Uh, and we all love governmental transparency. If you don't think governmental transparency is a good thing, you're most likely not watching the show anyway. So, um, all right. So who is my, um, well, actually, let me do this. Um, Lori, I totally forgot when I was setting everything up about sharing that three minute video. Um, in my brain. Do you want me to? If it's something that we need to share, we can share it now. Otherwise, um, I was going to go right on into having 
Alan, tell, tell us a little bit about himself so people know why we've had him on today. What do you think, Alan? Shall we share it? You're the talking about from We the People too. Yeah. Uh, it's a powerful just video. Start talking. It's your choice either way. I'll go ahead. Okay. It's only three and a half minutes. All right, everyone. I can find so, it. so give us a second here. Um, we I had the link right ready to go and everything, and when I was setting everything up, forgot to do that. But here is the video. So just hang on for these three minutes to see what it is we're going to be talking about today. Oh, shoot. They don't have sound either. I was hoping it was just me. Lori? Oh. Nobody has sound on it. Wait. Somebody messing with us? Somebody says great sound. I'm assuming he's being sarcastic. <laughs> I don't hear any sound, by the way. I thought it was just me. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, yeah. We will, we will either, do you think, Lori, there's a, if there's a quick fix you have to it, let me know. Otherwise, we will make sure to share it with you either within the Constitution segment recap video that we'll share with you on Thursday, or if nothing else, we'll share the link for it or something else um, throughout this week. So it's, um, I don't think the video I could hear it playing myself. So it has, let's see. Oh, okay. Well, we'll take just a just a second more, uh, and if we can't get it figured out, that's fine. We'll just roll on. Okay, I'll try one more time. It's I'm gonna start it here to see if we hear sound. Did you hear that? I don't hear anything. Yeah. So. Well, Oops. Lori, can you throw the link in the in the comments right now, and then we'll also share it. Um, yeah. Some other. I almost shared our link <laughs> to our stream. Oh, that would be a different uh, different link. Um, okay. So, all right, guys, we will share the link with you guys. Um, but uh, we'll also share it in some other way besides just the comments here today, um, especially since uh, through the streaming software, we can't always share comments like um, links or whatnot uh, if you're watching it on LinkedIn or Rumble. Some of those other platforms don't play so nice. But at any rate, why on earth would we be talking about following the money and government uh, funds, money coming in, money going out. Uh, most of us are not CPAs. Most of us uh, could barely 
um, I'll speak for my husband, barely uh, balance a checkbook. <laughs> so uh, being uh, in a position to think of yourself as someone uh, capable of auditing or reviewing uh, the finances <clears throat> of your local government in any kind of way <clears throat> seems impossible. Um, I'm an attorney and I have been the one throughout the 12 years Mike and I have been married to do um, all the balancing of all the checkbooks and different accounts and things like that. But even I look at that and go, wow, yeah, I, that sounds like something very overwhelming. So I too hope to learn something from this. Um, but before we jump into how you can do all this without being a financial expert, what um, what are some of the, um, well, let me just tell you, what are some of the things we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about what is a municipal accounting review? How does that differ from an audit? What are the steps to find out where the money is coming from and where is money going to? And this is probably the most important uh, if you find discrepancies in the incoming and outgoing funds, what can be done to hold our public servants accountable? That's the biggest action step there because you can have all the evidence in the world of wrongdoing, but if there's nothing you know how to use that, uh, then it's as though the information, uh, it doesn't exist. Um, so before we jump into all those details, um, Alan, can you share a little bit about your education, experience, <clears throat> background, and, and basically what got you into this? Thank you, Catherine. I'm a CPA. Uh, <clears throat> I also use the title forensic accountant that's in the trade. I've been doing this for over 30 years. People, excuse me, <clears throat> are familiar with the term forensic. Usually it's related to like bodies or whatever. But for an accountant, you are looking back at things that happened days, weeks, years ago. What we use is a, as a starting point, or what I use as a starting point, is an in, a person or an entity's bank account information. We want, I want bank statements, canceled checks, copies of deposits, de, uh, debit memos, credit memos, if you had wires in, wires out, I want all the detail because I'm going to take everything that happened in a bank, all the activity in a bank statement, month after month, year after year, <clears throat> excuse me, and summarize it in a spreadsheet. And I use spreadsheets instead of accounting system because it makes it much easier to later sort all this information. I can sort by date. I can sort by type of transaction. I can sort by pay or payee uh, description. It makes it really easy to start seeing what really took place. And it is this amount of detail that is needed because. So you're starting to scare it, me, Alan. You're starting to scare me already. Oh, this is no, 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 no. This is like, this is like saying, okay, I want you to crack the eggs, put them in a bowl and whip them. This is the technical ability needed. This is very simple. If you can read, write, type, you can, anybody can basically be trained to take the information from a bank statement and put it into a spreadsheet. It's simple. It is very detailed and you have to go line by line and you check and there's ways the spreadsheet is set up to verify accuracies as you're going. 
So what it sounds like we're kind of getting into the the details. So let's take a step back for a minute. So sure. what exactly on a on a um, overall you know look at things? What is municipal accounting review? It is, and I use the term review instead of audit. Audit in my business has some specific meanings, and it can be an audit, a general audit of an entity's financial statements would look at a certain number of activities and different types of accounts over a year. And this is supposed to support that the financial statements reasonably present the activity, but it, it's not looking for fraud. Sometimes you, you could do another type of audit and you look at one specific area in very detailed. Either way, you still don't come away with full knowledge. So uh, my friend Lori and I, I mean, geez, not hi, Lori, not you, <laughs> Jenny, Jenny Z out of Michigan. She and I came up with this because we were talking about this very topic. And the idea is if you really want to know what's, and I've used this in trial cases. If you want to be able to know and prove what happened, you have to go line by line. So and what I'm hearing you say is it's not, hard but it is time consuming it is to me it is not hard and again you you develop a, a, a few simple skills pretty much anybody can do it time consuming and i'm not being funny about it it really just depends on the volume that's taking place within an entity's bank account uh, you could have a bank statement that's two pages of activity nothing you could have a bank statement that's 10 pages. That's a lot of activity for one. So it just depends. So if I hear you right, an audit is more of something that um, in many respects, be more of like a sampling. You're just trying to see if overall the picture matches. I think your term was reasonably matches up with, uh, you know, what you're expecting to see. Um, sometimes you might do an audit where it's, it's a very small portion of things and you'll go into more detail there, but then you're missing all the other portions. Um, but a municipal accounting review is you're taking that, whatever time period is, you're looking at every single transaction, every dollar in, every dollar out, uh, looking at every single penny to trace it and figure out where it's going. Is that what I'm understanding that the difference to be there? Yeah, basically, because if you want to know how the money, the sources of the money coming in, how the money is spent, you have to go to every transaction. And that will be every transaction that is represent or that is presented in an entity's bank statements. Now, obviously, if some things are happening in cash, we won't know about it. But if it, so for every- I'll just kind of pause you every so often to fill in some blanks. Uh, a lot of people might be watching this and going, well, bank statements, how am I supposed to get bank statements? And this is one of the things where um, in general, guys, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, there's, you know, um, Florida has um, sunshine and government laws. They're called, you know, in, in Michigan, there's FOIA laws. There's um, Open Meetings Act uh, types of statutes on the books that often in, in certain states will have um, portions that also talk about getting access to public documents that are dealt with at the public meetings. Um, 
it, it, you know, when I was a trustee on the G Georgetown Township uh, board in Michigan, uh, we would uh, get our, I don't remember if it was every meeting then or every once a month or whatever anymore, but at any rate, we would get a whole packet <laughs> Uh, where we'd have all, all kinds of transactions line by line by line uh, where we would see, you know, the different expenses and things like that. I was the pain in the ass that actually read through it all. And I would ask the questions in the meeting and then I would get in trouble because I was wasting time during the meeting in asking the questions. And they wanted me to ask any questions ahead of time, which number one felt like they wanted me to talk about any possible irregularities not during a public meeting. Uh, so the public wasn't quite aware of it. Uh, and number two, they just didn't want to waste time. And for me, it was, well, if I have a question about this item, then perhaps my constituents also have a question about why we're spending X amount of dollars on this particular item. So I think everyone would benefit from hearing my question and hearing the answer that goes with it. So at any rate, this, um, uh, so a municipal accounting review too, guys, it's literally, you know, in terms of what kind of organizations can you do this for, Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in some of the other stuff that Lori had sent over to me from you, uh, it really looked like this is the kind of thing you could do a review like this for a small corporation. You could do a review like this for a local government, um, it, you know, um, a nonprofit organization. I mean, you could do a review like this as long as you had uh, some legal way to obtain uh, the financial statements or the bank statements. Uh, you'd be able to plug it in and 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 go about it. But um, the focus, at least for us, and presumably with the title of municipal accounting review, it sounds like the focus uh, really is how to look through what our government, our local governments are doing in a very tangible way and to see, are they misusing our funds? Because we all know where all the money comes from initially, right? Comes from me, comes from you, comes from Lori, comes from all of those of you watching, right? So we wanna know where the heck all of our funds are uh, being sent to and different programs and whatnot. I was hearing some very concerning things that our Ottawa County Board of Commissioners had been doing in um, Ottawa County, Michigan, at least the last board, the kinds of money they were just dishing out to people. Totally absurd. $12,000 going to one individual who wanted to teach uh, some LBGTQ whatever, something or another to kids. I don't know. Like what? Just as an individual, you're just gonna shell out twelve thousand dollars to this person for? Okay, okay. So anyway, um, I'm assuming that all of this is, you know, any any small or large transaction that is um, possibly concerning. Those are the kinds of things that people would be turning up. Those are the kinds of things that would show up once they've plugged in all the numbers and they could look at it and go hey, that doesn't quite look right. Is all that kind of on, on, in the ballpark there, Alan, as far as what what you're doing and, and what people would be doing with this information? Yes, thank you. The, for me, the idea municipal accounting, of course, is we want to know, we need to know, and it is our right to know what our governments, our governments are doing with our monies Plus, 
it's occurred to me usually when I do this more in litigation, I kind of know where the money's coming from. So I focus in on the use of the funds, but now with public entities, yes, let's say the vast majority of money is coming from taxes, whatever the people, what happens when you, when the analysis of all the deposits show money is coming from an outside source. Is it a grant? Is it a fund? Whatever. And if it is, what are there any strings attached to this money? Is there something they have to do with this money? And Catherine, you bring up a really interesting point. You're there in a meeting. You are supposed to be at the meeting. You're interested and involved and you want to ask questions about some of the financial activity. And this is considered bothersome. This is considered, oh, we don't have time for this. Okay. If that is the official attitude, this screams why MARs are needed because they just want they, those in charge just want to do what they want to do. Don't tell me how to get it done. I have a saying I use a lot. What could go wrong if you leave the teenagers home alone for the weekend with the keys to the liquor cabinet, the Corvette and the credit card? What's going to go wrong? Nothing. No. I, didn't th I didn't think so. And this is what we have allowed. We, the people have allowed to go on decade after decade. We really do not know where the monies, all the monies are coming from, and we do not know how they're spending them. And there's only one way to find out. And one example of how silly it could be, somebody might say, Alan, you're wasting your time. You're looking at all these de minimis amounts of, you know, spe uh, expenditures, two, three, four hundred dollars. We don't care. We only care about the big ones. I go, okay, well, what happens when you see this relatively small amount of money going out for insurance. Oh, insurance, Alan, come on, it's business. Of course you're going to pay insurance. Okay. What policy is it paying it on? Oh, it's an auto, it's an auto policy. What automobile that hasn't been disclosed. This is the, this is the step-by-step -step tracing that happens. It's one thing to know the payee, the date, the amount, the description. It's another to know, is, is this what the school's supposed to be doing? Uh, when you get into the sources of money and the money is coming from something or someplace that's not typical and you find out what the strings are, well, what happens? Oh, they have to buy these kind of books and put them in their library? Uh, I don't like these kind of books. The only way to really engage, because what Catherine, what you seem to indicate, and maybe this is very consistent, the people in charge are not going to be self-revealing. They'll tell you what they want you to know and believe. This is only this is the only way to really get to where the money came from and how it was spent, and then the people get to decide whether it's appropriate or not. Not the people who did the spending. Does that make sense? 
Exactly. It should all it it should always be we the people. In fact, that's kind of a point I wanted to make. Um, I hadn't really had a chance to double check all of the. I couldn't even think of all the different terms to search for today. But um, the term finance, it's actually nowhere in our U.S. Constitution. The term audit, it's nowhere in our U.S. Constitution. The term money is, it's in there six times. The people, the words the people together as a phrase, that's in there 10 times. And the whole concept of we the people is worded in, in, in different respects such that it is not in there just 10 times. It is in there throughout virtually every page of the entire U.S. Constitution because our entire government was created by we the people for we the people and it's supposed to be a government of we the people it's not supposed to be this government class um where we're just the citizens and they're the government and you know it's more of like an oligarchy they just do whatever they want to and we work for them and and we answer to them and they don't answer to us and we don't have to you know we can't ask questions especially hard ones and we don't get to have that transparency no this is not that kind of government they work for us they answer to us we are we the people are in charge and that's something that we need to remember in every single transaction no pun intended with the financial financial piece there but every single thing that we do in our lives we need to take ourselves out of that mindset of getting permission from the government and looking for where did they get permission from us to do something if they don't have the permission to do something they can't do it and if they are doing it they're wrong and they need to be stopped government remember guys government has no rights government doesn't have its own set of inherent power we the people have all the rights and all the powers just look at the ninth and 10th amendments, which Alan and I have talked about. In <laughs> yeah. uh, but the ninth and 10th amendments talk about our rights that we keep, even if we don't list them as being specifically protected by the constitution. And the 10th amendment talks about all the powers that we retain. We, the people are retaining all those powers that we don't specifically dole out to the federal government or the state government. So keep that in mind. We are the source of that power and authority because we were made sovereign. We the people. So in every situation, stop looking for the permission. Where do you get permission? How can I find that I have permission to do this? Look for where Where does the government has, have the authority to do what they're doing? If they don't have the authority, it's time that they be stopped from doing something even if it sounds good oh well the government's feeding all the homeless children in the city of chicago oh the government is gonna house every single homeless person in, in los angeles oh the government is going to whatever okay that sounds like wonderful stuff you know but is it the purpose of government to do that no it's not like creating jobs so um, anyway, just wanted to point you guys to those things. You're grounding on any subject, on any topic, on any new skill that we're, we're trying to impart on you. Your grounding should always be that constitution. And today's 
episode is just a little different than um, uh, our normal set of topics where I'm like hammering on this part of the Constitution, then this part, and this part, and this part. The, the, the biggest part that I want you to remember are three things. Uh, number one is Article 4, Section 4 of our U.S. Constitution is that we are guaranteed a Republican form of government where we, the people, retain ultimate control and authority. Second piece is our unenumerated rights. Even all the rights we don't specifically put into the Constitution to be protected must still be protected. That is the Ninth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution or Article 1, Section 23 in the Michigan Constitution. I believe it's also in the same portion of the Florida State Constitution. And finally, the third one is the Tenth Amendment, where we, the people, retain all power, not specifically granted to the uh, federal or state governments. And of course, local governments only derive their powers from state governments and through state constitutions. So keep all that in mind when you're thinking about this. And, and there's been some comments about, um, oh, let's see. Um, where are, I agree with the Liberty cause getting records is not easy. And Liberty cause himself said earlier, getting a city to give up the records to do an audit or a municipal, um, uh, I can't even uh, accounting, accounting review. I was going to say financial and that wasn't the right word, um, is the impossible part. Getting the records is the impossible part, the Liberty Cause says, especially when they hire city managers who specialize in cooking the books. Listen, guys, that is, that's the land of the descriptive. That is the what is. We're talking about uh, the normative, what it should be, the, the standards and what the rules are set out to be. And so what the rules are set out to be is that we have access to that information and we need to push that envelope every step of the way. By the way, before I forget guys, next Tuesday, I want you to keep my friend Foshin. Uh, he is, um, shoot, what is his YouTube name, Lori? This is a public service. Thank you. This is Looks a public like your service. video went out. He, oh, shoot. <laughs> Mine's been having issues, too. I was so darn cute. It just broke my computer. Couldn't um, take it. Couldn't take it. <laughs> well, I guess um, now I can pick my nose as much as I want. And no one <laughs> that'll be when the camera comes on. No, just kidding. Yep. <laughs> Gold um, digging. Can I... <laughs> Catherine, oh. can I make can I make a few comments on what you said? Yeah, just uh, give me. Well, yeah. The last thing I just wanted to say is because uh, I I think I'm going to forget, and I wanted to make sure to mention it today. Um, speaking of those who are trying to shed a light on what the government is doing and have that magnifying glass or that spotlight on, especially local government workers, uh, keep our friend Foshin. Uh, this is a public service, of course, being his YouTube channel. Um, but keep your 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 thoughts and, and your prayers with him as he's got some big stuff coming his way next Tuesday, and um, and uh, anyway, we just he he's in the right. He's fighting for us. He's one of those people who's auditing, but from a different angle. He's a First Amendment auditor. So anyway, with that being said, we'll, we'll hopefully have him on again soon to talk about where things are at with him. But back to Alan and the Municipal Accounting Review. All right, Alan, um, take it away. Thank you. Uh, I really have come to 
like, appreciate, respect the phrase, we the people. Because it's not you the people. Somebody's saying, when you say we the people, you're including yourself. And I, I really like that. This is about us. And it's a, to me, it's a very unifying phrase. One, two, <clears throat> Catherine, as an attorney, and I'm being serious, would you ever advise your client to sign a contract and then not follow it? Man, I was hoping to have my video back so I can make a good smart ass looking facial features, you know, facial response as well. But um, no, I generally tell people if you're going to be a party to a contract, you uh, thoroughly read it and you know exactly what's expected of you. And then you follow through on that. Otherwise, you're not doing your part and you could have some serious consequences. And I think you also make sure that the other parties to the contract do what they are required to do. Well, for me, the Constitution is the contract. It for comes. The Constitution is the contract. And every, so the pro, you know, our government, imagine having a founder come from way back when, come into today and the full extent of federal government is explained to that person or, or people, I'm imagining their response would be horrific. What the H-E double hockey sticks have you allowed to happen? Because the federal government is absolutely beyond its constitutional limits. And we have been educated. Government knows what to do. We just follow along. That's not what was meant by we the people. And the reason to start with this municipal accounting review at school districts is because it's probably going to be the simplest and smallest amount of information. And once that is gathered and if it shows that there's been stuff going down that we don't want, we now have, we the people now have the reason, the opportunity and the energy to go after bigger and bigger municipalities. But this comes down to, we have to take the action. We are the, and my term is, and Catherine, you may appreciate this. When I say citizen owner, it's capital C, capital O. Just like in the constitution, when the writers were wanting to emphasize a common noun, not at the beginning of a sentence, they would capitalize the first letter. And when I talk about the, the people in government, I call them elected employees. Lower KC, lower KC. It looks like we lost her. She might be refreshing. Okay. Um, but but so let's hold off on that um, and see what uh, DRS Angle says. What's some <laughs> history of your audits? Who and okay. why? Size well, accounts. Can I make a recommendation for the listeners where to go to get more information? Sure. Okay. Well, you want to go to get more information about MAR, you go to wethepeople2.us. We the people, all one word, followed by the number two.us. When you get to that website, at the top, there'll be a tab, children. Click on that. That opens up the screen. Scroll down, and there'll be a, a line, municipal accounting review. Click on that. 
you can watch a video you can learn about the seven steps to success and which includes sending uh, FOIA, what we call FOIA 1, FOIA 2, Freedom of Information Act Request 1, 2. The first one is to get basic information. The second one is to get what you really want. And uh, if you want more information about what we're doing or to ask questions, you would send an email to info, info at wethepeople2.us. Once again, info at wethepeople2.us. And it's, and there's people at, you know, at We The People Too, including myself, for those who want to, who need to get trained in how to use the spreadsheet, how to take the information, we'd be very happy to help you. And you can get, yeah, and you can get, <clears throat> drafts of the FOIA request letters because keep in mind that what you're asking for you're absolutely entitled to even even down to um, uh, account numbers um, when it comes to being able to oops Catherine's back. Yay. Being able to, to attract, or, or, oh my goodness, my brain, being able to attract the accounts. Some of them will probably say, well, we can, we can, oh, what's the word? Blackout. Yeah. Oh, redact? Yeah. They'll, they'll try to say that we can redact, and then they'll try to charge you for redacting the account information as if, so, yeah <laughs> the thing is a lot of times with the bank statements they may <clears throat> redact uh the full account number on the statement itself but there'll be information uh, such as a canceled check oh great i got the account number here thank you you know it's and hiding or not get not turning over the full account number for a bank account does not seem in compliance with meeting the FOIA request. We're, we're gonna get the, the bank, the bank statements, we're gonna get the account number, we're gonna get all the transactions, the canceled checks, the deposit information. Let's not play hide and seek. You know, so you're just gonna, you go have, uh, One of the things we we're gonna talk about is what are the steps to finding out, you know, where the money's coming from? So. Um, do you happen to have uh, a website or something where you've kind of labeled out, okay, so first you're going to make that FOIA request and here's what you're going to ask for. Um, we discussed that while you were gone. Okay. You go to, uh, go to the website, we, the people us at there. There's at the top, there's a tab called children. Click on that scroll down go to municipal accounting review click on that you can watch a video you can scroll down and get information on the seven steps to success contact we the people us at info at we the people us you'll be able to get drafts of the request letters and what originally it was just one and after we 
spent some time, we decided to turn it into two, re two request letters. The first one is really basic, a very basic. How many bank accounts do you have? What is the school's fiscal year? Because all the accounting is done within in that time frame, not calendar year, but school's fiscal year. What bank or banks do you use? How many accounts do you have? Just the basic information. And then once that's obtained, we go with FOIA 2, which requests all the very detailed information. And we typically go three years back. It'd be the current fiscal year and two years back as a starting point, which means, you know, if something's, if something's been going, that's a reasonable time period to be able to look, uh, which means if you find things in your school district that are not acceptable, you would develop a team and they would continue to go back in time. That's one. And another team would continue to do this review currently going forward, meaning they aren't going to sneak anything by this. And after you get all the information that you get on the first go round, uh, with the detailed information, there's going to be information that's still missing. And that's FOIA three being very specific. Okay. We got a check. We know the date. We know the amount. There's no copy of the check who got paid. So you, you get very detailed and so the fun for those and, of you who are seeing what's on the screen, Lori, it's very tiny, at least for what, how I'm seeing it. I can barely read that. It says one, two, or three, and four. Um, so I don't know if there's a way to zoom any of that, but um, basically this is, these are the links that were shared already. Um, we will um, be sharing them again this week, most likely with our Friday freedom fighting tools. Um, and so the steps on how to do this, uh, as well as the specifics, well, that's one way to not see it. <laughs> um, the steps on how to do this and the, um, the specifics on, you know, how to ask for things, how to follow up, um, and how to, when to bring in others, if you're seeing that there's something, uh, unusual going on, that's what Alan is saying is all laid out right on this website. Um, so make sure that again, today, you, you know, just wanted to give you a taste of the topic, so to speak, to give you an idea of what it is and, and that it's out there and it's something that you can do uh, without being a, a computer expert, without being a CPA um, or a mathematician by trade, uh, but just someone who's a concerned citizen and just want to do your part in keeping our republic a government of we the people. So um, it is if something- I can throw in there. It, we, when you get all the bank statements, it can be extremely overwhelming to look at. And so if you stay focused on the data entry first and just plug in the numbers in, and then once, once that's all put into the spreadsheet, then it becomes more clear and then it's not as overwhelming. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Hey, um, I'm not sure what he means by this, but, uh, <laughs> This is our friend Foshin we were talking about. Knuckle Draggers, welcome. Um, if if, uh, if you can, as a Neanderthal, if you can at least type in the numbers and use the, the keypad portion um, of your keyboard, then you are, you're good to go. You can use this and uh, be able to fight for freedom in this way. Um, 
guys, if you um, were looking for the person we were mentioning earlier and uh, want to support another freedom fighter who's coming at things from a different angle, that would be our friend here, Foshin, on This is a Public Service. Um, all right, so let's see. I, did you guys, when my fr when my screen totally froze and I had to close a whole bunch of stuff, um, I'm not sure what you mentioned, um, but one of the things I wanted to do was um, I saw that this YouTube uh, supporter that we have was asking of some history of Allen's audits, who and why hired, size of towns and cities, what's uh, been some outcomes of some of your municipal audits, et cetera. Um, is this something that you guys might have already addressed when I was kind of booted out? No, we've not addressed it. Uh, this, the entities do not hire you. This is something that the parents of a school district are going to begin because, and we are in the, in the beginning stages of doing this. Uh, I've seen some very information, interesting information on some of the spreadsheets I've helped prepare. And then it's also led to, uh, why did you spend this money on this? But the only way to get a full understanding of what has happened is to actually look at all the detail. And what we're hoping, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here, hoping people will reach out to wethepeople2.us uh, to learn more, want to get involved, get it, get trained. But my, so, but my success in trial, uh, being an expert witness at trial, I've seen this work because keep in mind that the information that is being summarized is not yours, it's not mine, it's independent third party. And this is the kind of information that stands up a trial. There's no arguing that this check cleared this bank account on this day for this amount and was paid to this person or entity. There's no arguing. That's, that's just given as a fact. Now it's to get into, was this an okay expenditure or is this something wrong? So it looks like if I'm hearing the, the answer correctly, it looks like something that, although you've been doing this kind of uh, work for many years, uh, as far as applying it really in this way and narrowing it down to specific, specific <coughs> excuse me, municipalities or school boards or, you know, any kind of local government uh, entity, that this part of it is a little newer and trying to get um, as many people as possible out there starting to do this in their own communities. So it's not so much about this long history of success um, that you've specifically had with this particular portion of it, but doing what you've been doing for decades and focusing uh, your efforts on educating people on how to do this in their own communities. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And as I said before, we're focusing on school districts because what's going on in public schools is very important today. They're going to have some of the least amount of activity as opposed to, you know, do you take a school board or do you take the city of Detroit? Okay. That's going to be a lot of, a lot of effort. Uh, we're, you'll we're, need a team if you're going to work through the city of Detroit's finances, that's for sure. You're going to need, you're going to need a team. Uh, 
but for and one of the reasons to develop this and get people interested in the activity is that it's about their school district it's about where their children or their grandchildren go to school this so there's some there's some personal skin in this game and especially for those parents who are not happy with what the curriculum is or isn't and one of the things that you know part of it is if you find out there's by looking at the expenditures and the source of funds you find out the kind of activities or the kind of programs that are being put on in school and you go oh no i don't want this the offset of course is and this is where say catherine you and i would come in which is okay if you want if some parents want to get information out of the school because it's not appropriate for the setting it's more appropriate if it's going to happen it's going to happen in the home then somebody might come back and say well okay we take this out what are we how are we going to fill the time oh maybe at the high school level you can return to teaching the constitution and making sure that every student that graduates high school can pass a basic test on the constitution you know the contract because I if you're going to wait till the high school years i think well it, i mean you, you can begin it you, you can begin it early on bit by bit but when it gets heavy and you got to pass the test high school uh i mean that's just my idea but bring the constitution back because think about it every one of us and I, i'll tell you my thought and please Catherine, you share every one of us is subject to the contract every one of us is responsible to the contract it's just not gimme 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 we got we're supposed to make sure the contract is being followed well if you never give me the recipe how can i know what i'm cooking is correct can't and we now have a public school system that says you don't need to know the contract. The other thing I would really love to see is that everybody in federal office be sat down one day. Here's a test on the Constitution. You know, the one you swore an oath to protect and defend. Let's see if you can pass it. And if can you I can't. Can I grading them? Yeah. <laughs> and if, uh, if you can't pass the test, you were fired. And we'll see what we have to do legally to get you for making a false oath. Because you will be known as an oath breaker. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, then, no, and, the other, and the other thing is, of course, what I educate on, which is basic monetary system education. It's, I mean, if you don't understand the monetary system and the vast majority of people don't, and that's what I educate on then how can you know if it's working for you or against you? Who has the power? And if I can just take another minute, there, there's a quote. It was once attributed to Henry Kissinger. I'm no fan. And some people said he it wasn't his quote, but I'll just say it is for the moment. And I'll tweak it a little bit. He said, allegedly said, oil, I'll say energy. When you control energy, you control a country. He said, when you control food, you control people. My friend Darren and I came up with, when you control information and data, 
you control minds. And the overlay is when you own and control the monetary system of country, you will own and control energy, food, data. Yep. Well, uh, making, making sure that we're rounding this out and giving people all the information. So again, if, if you did start touching on this when my computer was uh, not playing nice, um, I apologize. <laughs> but uh, uh, if you find discrepancies in what's coming mm -hmm. in or what's going out, what can be done to hold our public servants accountable? Do you have that also addressed on uh, that website that we were talking about earlier? Yes, we do. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I call it calling a school board meeting. And one of the women I'm working with, Donna Rex, she loves the idea and she laughs every time I say it. But see, the school board meeting is not called by the school board. The school board meeting is called by the parents and the school board's invited. They won't run the meeting. The parents will run the meeting and the school board will be held to task about sources and uses of funds and to explain why this went down but this is really just this is just one way of really hopefully properly igniting people to hear that and act on the call to action that we the people have to take control of our businesses government in any form is our business we have to run it the you know, and one, one of my old sayings is that if you were going to start a business, Catherine, and you rent some space, you buy some inventory, you advertise, you interview, you hire and you train your new employees, you open the store up and you walk away. How good is your business going to do? It's going to bomb. Well, that's what we do with our government. It's our business. It's not theirs. They're the employees. We're the owners, but we're not acting like owners. We like the benefits, but we're we're walking away on the duties. So, so um, you have more than one way, though. I mean, that was you said that was just one of the ways. You have a few different ways that people can take action on the information once they've uncovered something. Is that right? Well, you begin by, in essence, having. Once it's locked in, and let's say there's some malfeasance, misspending, whatever, you call the school board meeting. And the school board meeting, and it's I'm using the term loosely, the school board meeting is called to get the parents in, to show them what has been happening with their money. And we'll see if any school board members show up. And then figure out, okay, after the meeting, how are we going to get the money back and or, and this becomes the legal area, which is not my area. Okay. Are some of these people going to get sued? Is it going to be a civil action? Is it going to be a criminal action? Is it going to be both? And these people are going to know you, you have the information. The parents have the information. They're going to go after it. If it's money that was spent to acquire something that, you can go get, take, and sell. That will happen. If it's money that was spent uh, inappropriately, you might be going after the teachers, you, or you may be going after the school board, or you may be going after the school board members' bonds. 
there, there's a, there'll be a variety of ways to get number one, do everything you can to get the money back into the system. And number two, make sure it never happens again because the MAR will continue monthly, yearly. I think, I think something to mention too is, is that where other things, other cases and stuff rely on evidence and whatnot, when it comes to these numbers, it's bank statements and canceled checks and whatnot. So it's, it's much harder for them. You know, once you have the proof, it's the proof. There's no, thank you, Lori. <clears throat> There's no arguing. This is the date. This is the amount. This is the payee. Uh, it cleared the bank. Uh, why did you spend money with a travel agent? You know, oh, because you went to Hawaii? Nice. You know, I mean, it, it, there's no, <clears throat> there's no, there will be no sufficient argument to go after the, the facts. Trying to explain why, why it might have been okay, if it's possible, that's where the battle will be. But if some school board member got the school board bank account to pay for a trip to Hawaii and the family was taken and they stayed at a hotel and there was no, there's no school board event. No, it's, it's not going to play. That was just straight up stealing. But that's, this is the only way to find out. Of course, the other <clears throat> ultimate question would be, excuse me, <clears throat> would be at which I would want to ask is, and let's say we're just dealing with checks. Who signed the check? Why did you sign the check? You know, Wait. it's interesting to talk about signing checks. Um, there's uh, a friend of mine uh, who's now the chair of uh, County Board of Commissioners in Michigan, a freedom fighter who often when I tell him what a good job he has done, he says to me that he learned from the best. So I take it as a compliment, but um, he uh, he was telling me about how, you know, there were situations where the prior board, because this is a new board, where the prior board had um, voted on a bunch of uh, stuff that they should not. They had no business approving of different expenditures to be made, et cetera. And uh, that when the, the bills came due or it was time to actually pay it out, um, you know, he looked to what would be the most appropriate way to handle it. And, um, uh oh, did our what just happened here? What's going on? Are we all back? What on earth is happening today? <laughs> like the twilight zone. This is why I can't. <sighs> if technology and Big Brother and, and you know, social media can stop sabotaging my efforts, could you think of what a powerhouse Restore Freedom could be and could have been all these years? <laughs> anyway, um, the point being, he signed it, um, signing uh, as the county chair as being under duress. And uh, like I said, I forgot that whatever the Latin term was, but he signed it um, because he was under the obligation to do so, but uh, was really not okay with having to do that. And so anyway, 
looking at how you sign checks, ju just in signing your name to something, you're signing your name. If you don't think it's the right thing, if you think something's straight up illegal or unconstitutional, you need to um, object to it. You need to make the record. You need to tell people what the problem with it, with it is. Uh, that's what I would do. And, you know, on things that were seemingly so normal when, you know, when I was on the, the board in Georgetown Township in Michigan um, as a trustee for the for the township, there were things that were just so seemingly obvious that they would just always just vote on. And I would come along and I would object. I mean, shoot, Alan, I don't know if I ever told you, but my very first meeting as an elected official in uh, in Georgetown Township specifically was. Um, <laughs> We show up, uh, four of us showed up, three were still trying to participate by Zoom. And, uh, and so we get to roll call and I objected during roll call. And we had a 45 minute fight on roll call issues. And the fact that the constitution and the, the open meetings laws in Michigan and everything and, and the concepts of having a republic where people uh, are the boss of, of us as the representatives, uh, that they, um, uh, you know, I objected to the fact that those board members weren't physically in the room to be able to be face to face with members of the public, whoever decided to show up. And yes, that was in 2020. So, ooh, scary COVID, all that stuff. Yeah, but we still answer as a government official, you still answer to the people every single day uh, as long as you're doing your official duties, you answer to the people. There's no disease or excuse that can, uh, you know, take away that obligation to answering to the people. So anyway, I am the person that made roll call a 45 minute deal in our first meeting. And we had to reschedule for the whole next week because they couldn't get their lazy butts down to that. My proposal was just, hey, let's recess for 15, 20 minutes. Have everybody get in their cars. They all live in the township, right? Get your butts here, build a seat, be face to face with the people and answer questions. But uh, anyway, it goes from there. So the point is, it's there's not, you know, just some excuse. Well, I didn't know. Well, you know, I, I didn't really know what it was for. If you don't know what something's for, object or ask questions or do something. But don't just sign off on that and, and say, oh, well, I'm just going to vote in favor of this expenditure when you know, uh, a travel agent to a trip, you know, <laughs> Hawaii. I mean, that's ridiculous. There's just simply no excuse for that kind of information or stuff going on. Um, sovereign. Actually, 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 there is an excuse. What's that? I don't care. That's the, that's the excuse that person would have. I don't care. Oh yes. Yes. They put it in front of me. I signed it. Why? Cause I don't care. Hardly the proper attitude for someone who is supposed to be a responsible guardian of the funds. Because if you're a signer, you're meant to be a guardian. And if you just sign your name to anything, any check, because somebody put it in front of you, you just don't care. That would be so, the excuse. I don't agree with the excuse, but that's the excuse. I want to touch on this because there's been some lively chat in YouTube today about um, just different problems with, okay, so let's say you bring these, these things, this information into a school board or a local government meeting 
and uh, nothing is done, it seems to still fall on deaf ears, uh, mm -hmm. then what? And and taking people to court, taking the, the local government uh, to court over these issues and having to, the Liberty Cause brought up um, that it's often then the parents at a school board uh, situation, the parents then have to fund an attorney to sue the local school board or school district or whatever to return funds or whatever. And um, at any rate, the um, then there's a talk of, okay, you, you mentioned just being at a meeting. Sometimes that is the challenge. Uh, and so there's been some discussion. Again, this is the Liberty Cause. He was talking about that Moms for Liberty, uh, the organization that's nationwide now, lost their court battle over being trespassed from school board meetings. And he says they lost their appeal as well. I don't know anything about that. I'm not sure what level of uh, appeal that went to. It most likely started at a circuit court level. And uh, if it was in state court, it probably went to uh, the District Court of Appeals here in Florida. Um, but there could still be the state Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, again, it's about we the people. Is it? Does it make us weary? Yes. Does it drain us emotionally and mentally and financially? Yes, yes, and yes. But we have to keep fighting, and we have to go along and 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 support those that are taking on that fight uh, because it, we have to keep. You know, if they say, "Oh, well, you could be trespassed." You know, if you're going to go and make all these objections at lo local school board meetings and cause a ruckus, uh, you're going to talk about, uh, you know, financial no-nos or, you know, books that shouldn't be on library shelves or whatever the information is that you're objecting to. Um, obviously, it needs to be done in a safe and, and respectful manner. I'm not saying show up and, you know, threaten people with weapons or whatever, um, incite violence. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're going there... Uh, with your voice for change, and you're not going to take no for an answer, kind of thing. Uh, you can't be trespassed. I mean, it's a it's a meeting open to the public, and we've talked about this before. If you're a new person to my channel, uh, maybe you're more of a fan of Alan's and you wanted to check out a, a, a podcast that he's on today. Um, I've talked specifically about getting trespassed from government property and not even government property. If it's property open to the general public during the time that it's open to the general public, you cannot in any state across the entire United States, you cannot be criminally responsible for being trespassed. Uh, you cannot receive, in other words, criminal charges and be convicted of criminal trespassing if you're on property open to the general public uh, during the time it's open to the general public and you're not interfering with other people using it. Now, yeah, you might have differing opinions, but if you're not setting up barricades to stop the crazy liberals from entering the meeting, well, that's, you know, that's fine. As long as you're there to say your piece and they're there to say their piece. I mean, you can have a shirt that says whatever or your signs or what, you know what I mean? It's anyway, we can't give up. So we've touched on all these important things that keep coming up. You know, judges are corrupt and um, law enforcement is corrupt and they don't understand the Constitution. We try to enforce this, uh, these unconstitutional trespassing warnings and things like that. And, you know, you can't even get into the, some of these meetings and parents have to come up with the funds to fight these battles in court. All of these are huge, real, tangible burdens on trying to fight back. But that doesn't mean 
we should just turn a blind eye or, you know, play ostrich, stick our head in the sand and go, well, it's just too hard. We're just going to stop. No, we still have to utilize every single tool that we are given. And this is one of those tools. So if you're someone that has some time to sit at a computer and, and every now and then plug something in and be meticulous about it, try this as your method of freedom fighting, because even if you don't know which school board or which local municipal government needs to have something checked into, just grab any of them that you're in, you know, you're in their district, then start there. Otherwise, there's a lot of freedom fighting groups that I'm sure would love to have your help doing an, a municipal accounting review of uh, a, a specific organization or, or local government. In fact, hey, if anybody wants to do a municipal accounting review on the city of Ormond Beach, Florida, I would welcome that uh, greatly. So, uh, Alan, if you know of anybody who wants to get in some practice on doing it, uh, please have them start with uh, Ormond Beach. I, I did already do the first FOIA request for them. So just so you're aware, so we would be stepping into the second FOIA request. I just wanted to ruffle some feathers with the first FOIA request, and I figured get it done now, let it sit for a while. They won't think much of it, and then we can slap them again. Now, um, something to think about, too, is there are at least two school districts that all the, well, not all, but the first set of information is available. It's just finding the people willing do that data entry so even if if you don't want to specifically request in your area but you want to help out re reach out and and volunteer your time to input that data because once we can even get one of them done and we can then start walking people through they're going to want to be involved and start helping so anybody helping any in any area would be helpful can i make a comment about Catherine? Yeah. what you've been saying the <clears throat> people look today and they look at all the problems and the challenges and the difficulties we have. I think, okay, fine. Let's put some context to this. Okay, look, let's go back to the early 1770s, shall we? Do we have internet? Do we have phone? Do we have a refrigerator? Do we have running water? No. Uh, how do we get to talk to each other? We're on horse, we're on foot, we show up at a tavern. How do we meet people in other states? It takes a long time. Yet they all came together. Uh, and, I, and I do things about the Declaration of Independence. And for those who don't know, there's 56 signatures on that document. Two of the signatures, John Hancock and Samuel Adams. Uh, most people are familiar with the terms Lexington and Concord. Lexington took place in April of 1775. The reason the British were going to Lexington was to get Samuel Adams and John Hancock, which meant those two guys were on the run for over a year. They still showed up to Philadelphia. They still put their name on the document. John Hancock was the president of the Congress. I don't hear any, this is too hard. And they were, they were basically telling the, the biggest military power in the world at the time, Britain, go away. They risked everything to sign that document. I think we can step up. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. 
It's, it's not like going to be like playing a video game, but we can do this. And you know what? It's our duty to. Uh, I think a lot of people, if they think about the Constitution, they look at it and they think about all the rights that are enumerated and everything. Well, I'm a fan of the Second Amendment for many reasons. Uh, one, it's the second shortest of all the amendments by words. But it's the only amendment. Tell me if you agree or not, Catherine. It is the only amendment in the entire Constitution that speaks to duty. Duty to protect the security of a free state. This is our duty. We have to stand and deliver. You don't just get a take. In a contract, you just don't get a take. You have to give. And they, they, the writers, made sure that we had the ability to protect the security of our free state. And when they used the word state, number one, they capitalized the letter S, which says they meet. It's, this is important. And the other is they were talking about just, they were talking about New, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. That was a state. And when they referred to Britain or France or Germany, they were, each one of them was a state, an independent, sovereign, kick your khaki, stay out of my business, political entity. That's the way they saw themselves at that time. And they wanted to make sure they had the ability to protect their state because the federal government was meant to be incredibly limited, basically just dealing with the rest of the world for the 13 states. And oh, by the way, stay out of our internal business unless two or more states are squabbling. So for me, I, I can foresee some of the challenges that come with this. Okay. We're just working around it. And yeah, we're going to have to, ultimately, this will probably go to court. Yes, you'll probably have to find some attorneys gifted in their knowledge of the Constitution and willing to finally stand up and help people stand up. And once it happens, then it's going to be a floodgate opening. And I, that's the way I see it. And then it will move up the chain from the small school district to a small city, a county, and then just go bigger and bigger. And I mean, you know, it could go to looking at how money is spent by a police department. But this is on our watch. I think something important to bring up, too, is we are playing catch up because we haven't been involved for decades like we should have been. And so we have a lot of catching up to do. They're used to getting away with it. I agree, Lori, absolutely. And there's no, there's no time, there's no need to finger point who should have done what, when, where. It doesn't matter. It's, it's as if you had a fire burning. We'll worry about how it started, who it started, whatever. First, let's put out the fire. Then we'll get to everything else. And the fact that, Catherine, you are so knowledgeable on the Constitution as an attorney, as we've talked about before, I truly appreciate it. I truly do. Because from my understanding, what you learn about the Constitution in law school is case law, not the Constitution. Yes, but don't and swear at me. You could say case precedent. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, as opposed to what the contract really said yeah. or said, or I'm sorry, what the contract really says. And the thing is, if somebody is going to com commit a unlawful unconstitutional act and no one else says, don't do that, stop doing that, or I'm going to hold you accountable. What's the likelihood that they will stop being unconstitutional? Close to zero, I think. Yeah. And, you know, for me, if people say, oh, the Constitution, it's old, it's dilapidated, it was written by a bunch of white guys, you know, on and on and on. I go, okay, got that. Tell me what you know about the Constitution. <laughs> they haven't read it. They don't know it. Right. And that's a sad state of affairs, um, but uh, just all the more reason goes to show us why we need to educate ourselves. In fact, I wish um, I wish I could find the comment that was on here earlier. I think it was Amy P that said it. I know we had it on our screen at one point, but um, anyway, somebody had said something about, you know, you can't fight for the rights that you don't know about or something like that. And that's exactly right. Of course, I'll keep scrolling and I'll never find it. But uh, anyway, so uh, that that is exactly what's at stake here. We need to know uh, what's in the Constitution. We need to know what the government is allowed to do. We need to know what rights of ours are protected and really know what the purpose um, in terms of, you know, the government in limiting our actions is is only supposed to be so that we are not infringing upon the rights of other people to utilize their God-given freedoms. Uh, and once we gain some of that basic knowledge and it's second nature to us, and it's just something we know in every situation, that's what we're thinking. I mean, it's, it's glass shattering for me. So I don't know if you guys have seen the show, um, How I Met Your Mother. But there is an episode, you know, like, I don't know, six or seven seasons in and they're and they say, I think it was uh, to the main character, they're saying to him, like, how do you not see all these imperfections about this girl you've been dating, the way she chews her food and the way she walks and the way she laughs and whatever. I don't even remember the specifics. But anyway, so, you know, Ted had just been thinking this chick was like so perfect and he loved everything about her. And her friend, all of his friends were like, it was like nails on a chalkboard every time they saw her eat or they saw her laughing or they whatever. She did so many super annoying things and he never saw the bad. And all of a sudden, the second that, um, you know, they they spilled the beans and they said, Ted, oh, my gosh, how do you stand it with all that? And they, they laid out for him. It was like the glass shattered. And now everything you can see, like the next scene is his face is cringing every time she's chewing her food or she's laughing or whatever those things were that he didn't see before. All of a sudden he sees now. And so it can make things unpleasant. But such is life. We got to deal with that. And the thing is, for me, I can tell you that even my eyes have been opened uh, exponentially, even in the last three years. Um, even if we start with, you know, don't even start with 2020, because that was the biggest eye-opening uh, experience that any of, any of us across the entire country have ever experienced uh, in terms of what our government is doing and, and how bad it all is. Um, even for those of us who knew things were bad, I mean, 2020 was just... But even if I look at 2021 or 2022 or 2023, have we really been doing it that long? Wow, that's insane. Anyway, um, <laughs> that it's just, it, it 
every single moment on when Mike and I are driving to the store to pick up groceries or, you know, we see our, our local government here. Apparently, the Florida legislature has passed this new law, um, this recently new law that uh, basically a, a municipality or a sheriff's department or whomever can declare a special event zone during a period of time. And they could put up these signs that say it's going to be zero tolerance for all violations. It's going to be double the fines. It's going to be, they're going to tow your car for any violation, any violation of what, what do you mean you're going to tow my car? If, if I didn't have my seatbelt on, you're going to tow my car. Uh, whatever the case, I mean, it's so, it's just mind blowing that you have, you know, all of this, the constitution is thrown out the window. What their intent was, I don't really know. I mean, I live beachside and I know that there's, you know, like this event, Orlando invades Daytona. And so it's become this thing. And I guess Daytona, you know, police and the Volusia County Sheriff, they've all been like worried about how people from Orlando are going to destroy Beachside and Daytona and Ormond Beach and whatever. And so they have taken these drastic measures to protect us here. But I live here. I'm Beachside and I don't want my rights violated. In fact, I told my son and my husband, make sure you don't go anywhere extra. Make sure you use every single turn signal that you don't go one mile over the speed limit because their zero tolerance policy is garbage. And, you know, I don't want to have to go World War III on any of those law enforcement agencies or prosecuting attorneys who pick it up afterwards. Uh, as we've said, you just, you, you can't, it is something that's, it's, it's glass, you know, breaking, it's, it's, it's glass shattering. It's like, once it happens, it happens. And you see more and more how the government is doing wrong and how we're used to bending over backwards to answer to the man uh, in government, and we don't have to do that. We need to flip the script here. We need to turn these tables around. So at any rate, um, it's been long enough talking to you guys about this um, an important topic, and my computer is still trying to freak out a whole bunch. So before it does anything else horrendous, um, well, I, I want can to- I add a, Can I add one, one last thing? That's my to your mind-blowing glass shattering? which is, and we've got, we've, we've accepted this in this country generally, and we have elected employees in DC saying this is okay. And that is the president issues an executive order and the rest of the country has to follow it. Given that executive orders were meant to go from the president to the executive branch, and that's it, not judicial, not legislative, and definitely not the country. Well, I've said this to people, if I can write something down and tell you to do it, am I your president or am I your king? And where, where is, where are the great elected employees in DC saying it's an executive order? We don't bow down to executive orders. No, I'll leave it at that. All right, guys. So um, as always, make sure to support your local freedom fighters or those that you know of uh, here or nationwide. Um, people like This is a Public Service or, um, you know, Acura Amanda or um, our friend. Oh, our names went away. That's strange. Lori, what did you do? You moved the spot <laughs> of our names. It's because of the comments on the screen. It makes the names go up top. Oh, really? I see your name still on the screen. No. Yeah, yeah, your name was there. Um, anyway, 
Um, so <laughs> make sure that you're um, supporting the efforts, uh, whether it's financially or whether it's hitting that like or share button, follow, subscribe, you name it. So um, anyway, of course, if you're not already subscribed and, and getting notifications on uh, as some sort of platform for what we do here at Restore Freedom, make sure to sign up and do that. Um, you can find the link for all of our social media if you go right to our website, restorefreedomkh.com. Uh, if you go to the, I don't know what it's even called anymore, contact us or support us or whatever, it's it should be pretty obvious in the menu bar where you get to that information. If it's not, let me know and we'll fix it. But anyway, um, all right. Uh, it has been a pleasure to be uh, with you guys in video today, at least to the extent that our videos were working. And uh, to those of you who are commenting on the various social media platforms, as always, and uh, we look forward to joining you uh, for our uh, Constitution segment recap video on Thursday. But of course, make sure if you haven't already, go ahead and answer that true or false question that we have posted every week and certainly today on YouTube or Telegram. Answer that true or false question before 10 p.m. when we will post the answer. Check out our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge that we'll be sharing with you tomorrow. Again, like I said, our Thursday Constitution segment recap, which I'm thinking is actually going to be pretty darn short, but you know me, I always have a lot to say about the Constitution, <laughs> even in recapping it. And Friday, our Freedom Fighting Tools will share with you then um, Saturday, of course, if you haven't ever checked out what we do or post or share on Saturdays, it's all about a way to help us keep our message of restoring freedom going. Uh, Lori and I don't make a single dime out of anything that we're doing. Any funds that do come in are just to try to pay our out-of-pockets because we don't even cover our out-of-pocket expenses with all that we do to keep the newsletter going, website up, etc. So with that being said, we'd love to have your support and uh, you could still order last week's Restore Freedom goodie, which was our Freedom Fighting Perfect Pop Socket. Uh, these things can take a beating and still go. This one I've had for quite a while now, and I think I've had it on two different phones. Uh, we definitely have enough of those. And it's just, I want to say it's 10 bucks, maybe. I can't remember. It's super cheap. What is it? Eleven forty-five, and that includes shipping. Yeah, that's because the post office increased shipping on us. It used to be $10, and now they charge me an arm and a leg. Um, almost had to give them my firstborn kid uh, a couple weeks ago when I was shipping some of these off. So uh, it was a close call, but uh, I got to keep them. So anyway, um, thank you all for uh, joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next week on our next freedom fighting topic. All right, everyone, have a great day.